Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our past may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. I'm so thankful for you for being here today, dedicating this time to your health, your well-being, and your happiness. If you enjoy this conversation and the wisdom shared today, the absolute best way that you can always support is by sharing it on social media and with the people that you love. That could be your colleagues, your team members, your classmates, your friends, your family, your community. It would mean the world to me for others to have access to this powerful content, so thank you in advance. This week, we're diving deep on positive psychology with one of my dearest friends. So many people wonder, how long does it actually take to change my life? Why is this so hard? What am I doing wrong? Well, here's the mindset shift that I recommend taking on. It only takes a moment. It takes one moment of awareness to understand that what you're about to do and the habits that you create have consequence. And if you pivot your life, everything can begin to change. You might be thinking, oh, Sarah, that sounds great. I already know that. But then I just hit the repeat button and sabotage myself time and time again. I get it. And I have good news for you. This is why positive psychology is so important. It helps us create a more radical upgraded shift, creating new habits so that we can continue to improve our life day by day. And there is no one better at helping women all around the world make upgrades to their lives than my dear friend, Nick Pigeon. Nick is a leading global success coach and positive psychologist, obsessed with empowering women to create more joy, personal power, and unstoppable success within themselves and their businesses. Nick won Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2015, Psychology Book of the Year in 2017, and Most Outstanding Positive Psychologist in 2018. She has been appointed as a supporting partner at United Nations Women UK and has helped more than 10,000 women-led businesses create success. Nick has been featured in numerous mainstream media, and her award-winning and best-selling book, Now Is Your Chance, is a 30-day guide that was published by Hay House. I trust that Nick's wisdom that she's about to share with you will definitely, definitely upgrade your life and your relationship to your dreams. So make sure to listen till the end as I'm going to do a quick recap with powerful actionable steps to take with you this week. And we're going to offer a free giveaway for this episode that you're not going to want to miss. Hey, Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. 
Yeah, I'm excited to dive into positive psychology. I think it's something that a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about. And I think right now, more than ever, it is important that we stay consistent in a positive mindset and really help us to move through the challenges that are coming forth during this time. And so I would love to dive into your story because I know you through masterminds and collaborations and all the amazing dinners that we've been to together. And it's just been such a pleasure getting to know you and your work. And when I witness you from the client side of things, like being in the audience when you're speaking and and just really learning from you, even in our mastermind group, I have been in awe of just how passionate and obsessed you are with (laughs) really helping women find their truth calling. And most importantly, I feel like you, you really bring forward that level of worth that they feel like it's like, okay, you can be worthy of this and you can be happy doing that. And I don't find that often, right? We don't see that very often where people are like, you can have the abundance and you can have the relationship and you can have the positive relationship with your body and your health and your well-being, And you can be fucking happy in all of it. Like you don't have to sacrifice anything doing that. So I would love to just, you just to share your story, because when I got to see your pictures of where you were and where you've come from, and it just really helps to lay the foundation of, of the fact that this hasn't always been easy for you either. Absolutely. And you're so right. And thank you for that reflection. I appreciate that. Like, I really appreciate that. I'm a total stand for being able to have it all. And in fact, if you have this success and you have the picture perfect life without the actual happiness, then it's not success at all. So it's about really understanding, first of all, what happiness is, what fulfillment is, what the joy is and what your version of success looks like for you. I think like my journey has been crazy. And honestly, Sarah, like if you put my story onto paper, you would be like, that girl has had a horrific life. Like when I was 12 and I, I mentioned this, like in my books, I've talked about it very openly. When I was 12 years old, I got bullied really badly at school. And I woke up one morning and I was going to, it was Tuesday, I remember. And it was the day that we had PE. And I was always fine in structured academic lessons because like nobody could touch me. Nobody could do anything. You faced forwards and you looked at the teacher. But in PE, when you had to pick teams and everyone was moving around, that's when I used to get bullied. So this day I just decided that I didn't want to go to school and I'd had enough. And mum was said I had to go to school and I ended up raiding her medicine cabinet and taking an overdose of every single medication that she had in there. So at the age of 12 years old, was taken into hospital and had my first experience with an attempt at suicide. Since then, I've actually lost three really close friends to suicide over the past few years. So that's been a big area where my practice of positive psychology and my research of positive psychology has really deepened more recently. But when I kind of got out of that experience, I was a happy kid, like grew up, had a a great upbringing went off to university and studied psychology and then positive psychology and really found this thing, which as well as carving it into a career, became a big path of personal development for me as well. So I decided that I wanted to do something that intuitively felt like it was a right path for me. 
And I felt like I was really helping people. So I went through this degree and I learned all of these positive psychology tools and I used to go and teach them. So my first company that I had was actually going and standing in my local library and teaching these things to whoever would listen. (laughs) And (laughs) it was amazing because I loved what I did, but it was absolutely shit because it made no money. So it wasn't really a business. It was a hobby. (laughs) But it allowed me to practice and like feel into what people really needed and what they wanted to hear. But at that stage, I was like, I'm talking 10 years ago. Like, it makes me feel old. I'm only 32 now, but it was 10 years ago when I was doing my master's degree in post-psych. And everybody else on that degree program was way older than me. They were in like their 40s and 50s. And positive psychology was not mainstream. Now it's in every magazine and it's all over the internet. It wasn't 10 years ago. It was like this weird thing that like hippies did that was like nobody knew about. So Mm -hmm. when I came out and I started teaching it in my hometown of Newcastle, it was very, very new. And it took like, I loved teaching the tools and I loved telling people what this thing was, but it must have been really boring for people at the time because it was very one dimensional. It was only when I had like a big personal experience in 2014 where I did a lot of healing work on myself after like recovering from being raped in 2012 and finally remembering that and dealing with it that I was forced to put these positive psychology tools to the test. Wow I'm in love with positive psychology because I always thought positive psychology was psychology and so what's so funny is because I grew up with parents who basically taught positive psychology to me growing up and then the interesting thing was when I went to an actual therapist and it wasn't that I was like where are all the practices like where are all the tools where are all the things (laughs) are you going to teach me I can do something with my life and I was so confused and I was like this is why people get frustrated with therapy and that there's nothing wrong with therapy but I would love for you to kind of just share some of the misconceptions of positive psychology and maybe why it's a bit different so people can understand and then also recognize how it is so profound at applying these very simple, very logical-based tools, but they're also very heartfelt tools that allow you to access parts of your brain, right, and parts of yourself that you potentially haven't accessed before. Yeah, so the difference, I mean, everybody thinks that post-psych is just think positive and be happy 100% of the time. And it is that, but it's it's so much more than that. So it is positive thinking, but we don't coach people that everything has to be happy and everything has to be positive all of the time. We teach that there's huge value in the negative as well as in the positive. And traditionally, psychology as usual, would look at disorder and would look at disease and would look at what goes wrong with the world, where the problems come from, and would really examine in that space rather than looking at what's right with people and what's right with the world and how we can create more of that. So positive psychology came about in the year 2000, and it was developed as the science of human strength and virtue. So as well as being all of the happiness and positivity, it actually has a scientific underpinning. So everything is evidence and research-based. And we look at how we can shift from like moderately mentally healthy individuals up into a top tail end of psychological flourishing. And some of the interventions are also proven to work for clinical populations Mm. as well. So rather than going and saying like, I think therapy is great as well. Like absolutely love, I love practicing a ton of different modalities, but PodPsych is really about taking you from where you are right now, 
looking at where you want to be and how you can do something or make decisions and choices and practice put practices into place to help you get there. Yeah. And I'm curious, as you shared in terms of using your, I want to call it, I guess you could possibly call it trauma as well, but using the struggle, using the pain, the frustration, the overwhelm, which most people are in right now as a way to move into your greater states of being. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that that's where people get stuck, where they're they forget that in those moments of defeat, in the struggle, in the pain, in the frustration, you actually can thrive through that and use that as momentum to shift your life. But I think so often we get stuck in the why me, the blame, the shame, the guilt, and in that energy, and people don't know the bridge. Like they don't know how to get from that story to the, okay, now I'm in an empowered state of being where I can take the next step. Mm, it's a good distinction to make. One of the the foundational elements of positive psychology is like choosing between a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And this is really what you're talking about. It's a case of like when we experience change or challenge or adversity in our life, it's it can be very black and white. It can be absolute disaster or absolute success. And it's very like polarizing when you think about it like that. There's no in between. It's like, oh my goodness, the world is ending. Everything is different to what it was before. And it doesn't feel okay. And I'm not going to be okay. And everything's bad. And do you know what I mean? It's that kind Mm -hmm. of catastrophizing mindset. And it's a mindset that only focuses on a goal rather than on the process of actually experiencing the journey towards that goal too. So the growth mindset is the one that does focus on the journey as well as the goal itself. And that's a powerful mindset to adopt right now because it allows us to look for those gems within all of the dirt and within all of the the chaos and the change that's going on. And when you trust in the knowing that all things are good and just just bears me on that one. Like I believe that everything is good. I believe that all things that happen have a positive higher purpose and are all serving our growth. And when you are able to reframe an experience and you're able to look for the lessons and the blessings within it, it allows you to arm yourself really with a toolkit of resilience, of learnings, of places where you've grown and places where yes, it's been hard and you've done the work to overcome that and you've grown through it and you go on to really recognize the strength that you've found through that struggle and not just survive or not just bounce back, which is what resilience is about, but go on, like you say, to thrive and even to become happier, more successful and perform better than ever before. Yeah, I love that. And I'm curious for someone who is listening, who is in that right now, I know people are in, some specifically are in the hardest time they've ever been in, in this state of the world in which we are. And for both of us who have been through quite a bit, we can hold compassion for that. And then I'm curious as a coach, how you're inspiring them to move out through it. Like, how are you helping them? What are the shifts that you're giving them? 
Are there any specific mindset shifts or practices that you're offering up to say, okay, we're in this, we're in acceptance and surrender that this is, the world isn't going back to exactly how it was. And, and in that acceptance and surrender, here are the steps or here are the things that I would recommend. And of course, I'm recommending your book to everyone right now during this time. It's like, it's on my list of like, if you're home in quarantine, read Nick's book, but just some applicable things that people can just start doing because I think when you're in it, it's just so hard to say, to even know, right? I I could look back on my trauma and it was like hitting rock bottom was the thing that pushed me and propelled me, but I don't want everyone to have to go there to propel them. So what would that look like, you know, if you were helping someone kind of move through it? It always starts with focusing on yourself and doing something. I would always rather we do something that is easy that we can get consistent with doing rather than try and do everything at once and from an emotional or a a place of like feeling scared and feeling fearful, try and do too much at once. And that really is the beauty of positive psychology. Like you say, it's very simple. Some of the things you've probably heard from your grandparents or your parents, um, they teach you, for example, to always be grateful, always be thankful, always be optimistic and hopeful. And these things are now proven in the science to work. So I always say, start with yourself and start with what you can do consistently and daily that you can start to build a new positive habit that allows you to feel stronger and can start to shift the way that you feel and make you feel better more of the time. So I'm a huge fan, as so many other people are as well now, of a morning ritual. So having a mindset, spiritual positivity practice in the morning that really sets you up for the day. And think about it as if like you're going to go, and whether you're homeschooling your kids or you're running a company or perhaps you've got different challenges in your relationship right now, you're going to be better equipped to actually take on whatever the day is going to throw at you when you've given the time, even if it's just 10 minutes, when you've given yourself the time and the space to really invest in yourself first. So in terms of like a morning practice, like there's something really simple that I teach, which is called Bank Connect and Move. And this is just super basic. It's 10 minutes of gratitude practice, having a gratitude rampage, writing down all of the things that you're grateful for, then dropping into a meditation. So even if it's just five minutes, I always say like doing something's better than doing nothing. So you might as well start small and just get consistent doing something, even if it's just five minutes. So thank, connect, and then move. So move your body in some way. I know you were saying to me before, like jumping jacks in the garden. Mm -hmm. Like I just totally believe like you have to move your body. You have to have that sense of like shifting in your physiology as well as your psychology, because psychology actually isn't a neck up discipline. It does involve embodiment as well. So that's super simple to start your day in the right way. I love that. Yeah. I think it's really important too. I love what you said about that. We have to give ourselves that nourishment. We have to be able to give ourselves that even just 10 minutes, 15 minutes of self-care so that we show up. I think so many people jump into their day and they think, well, I need to get my to-do list done so that I can then give myself the care, self-care at the end of the day. And we forget that that is not it from a place of nourishment going to help with mental clarity, with focus, with presence, with your kids, with all the things that you need if you're waiting for yourself till the very end. Um, it's kind of like then you're trying to refill the cup that's empty versus filling it up in the morning and then being able to give out the energy 
throughout the day. And so I'm in full agreement of, of definitely a morning, a morning ritual. Before the call started, we were talking about the concept of forgiveness and how right now in history, it's so important that we move into this place. And I'm curious if for you, when you were, I'm assuming when you were healing everything that happened to your life and like past experiences and past relationships, forgiveness came into play. Can you share how important that is? Because the, when I do this work with people, forgiveness is the number one place they get stuck. It's mm. like the place where they say, I'm going to skip over that module in the course, or I'm going to skip over that, that section this week, or they don't respond to the forgiveness email that I send them, but they've responded to every other email. I think just culturally, we're not taught forgiveness as much in the States. And so I'm curious your relationship to it and... Yeah, if you could walk us through why it's just so important right now, given right? what we're going through. I'm yeah. literally like, that is where the breakthrough is. The thing yeah. that you're ignoring is where the breakthrough is. <laughs> like, go back to the module, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And a couple of different um, examples that I can give, like, practically from my own experience. And one of them's from a number of years ago, where really I had this, like, download and insight into the power of forgiveness and actually how we often and beat our own selves up when we don't forgive. So on Christmas Day in 2014, I found out that my boyfriend at the time had been cheating on me. So I left him on Christmas Day in 2014 and spent a few days in bed and did all of the things. And I was just like sitting, moping around, feeling bad and wondering what he was doing with this other girl. And my thought process got so into that downward spiral of like beating myself up that it, I realized how toxic it was. And I actually ended up coming up and having this like download that came through, which was really around forgiveness. And it was like, I choose to let go of the, the negative and toxic thought and the chain of pain, the downward spiral, because the only person I'm hurting is myself. Mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm. you choose to let go of that toxicity and you realize that actually by staying in that conversation, whether it's inwardly inside of yourself or whether you're actually complaining and blaming outwardly as well, the only person you're hurting is yourself. So I realized that the forgiveness had to come through and I really had to let go of the expectation of anybody else being able to resolve that conflict and that toxicity inside of myself. So that's one example. The other example is it's often quite hard for people to understand like how you can get to this place. But when I did the work around having experience being raped, which was back in 2012, I was actually on holiday in Spain with a number of friends, their parents, big family thing. And we'd been out for lunch and I got into what I thought was a taxi and it actually wasn't a taxi. And there was two guys in the car and I was locked in that taxi on the way to the airport and I was raped. Now, that is a horrific experience, which now I realize actually I could have been killed that day. And what an absolute gift that I'm still here to tell the story. But I also, as well as feeling grateful to have survived that, I actually feel so grateful to have experienced it in the first place. And it sounds crazy to now be able to be in a place where I actually have gratitude for an experience that was so horrific at the time and continued to be so horrific for two or three years afterwards until I'd really done the work through it. And the reason that I feel grateful for it is because I have this like perspective on like our life, our soul's purpose. And I understand mm -hmm. that for my soul's growth, my soul had to go through that. 
in order to experience the growth and the understanding that I now have. And it really helps me to be able to help other people see and find their strength when potentially they don't see it for themselves yet. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also gonna get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. As much as I believe in free will, I also think that there are divine experiences in which we choose. And those those might not be the choice where we're actually on the planet. They might be before we come in which it directs our purpose and our why and why we're here. And it, it also cultivates a level of what I've seen in you is this deep level of compassion for humans. And like when you spoke at Rising Glen and I interviewed you, there was this deep compassion and understanding for human suffering and this research you're doing now and the work that you're doing. And it's just really beautiful to to hear that perspective. And so if you're listening, I think it's important to continue to remind yourself that we can flip any experience that we've had from this was the worst thing to happen to me. This is so this is one of the best things because of the list of beautiful things that it's given us, right? And so there's the pain and the trauma, but then on the flip side, it's like, what is the beauty that has come out of this? I'm curious, what were some of the, maybe the modalities or the things that you did to help heal and what people can do right now in their homes where they're with their minds? I think right now, because people are with their minds, they're like, holy fuck, like I'm actually having to be with my trauma now. I, I can't avoid this anymore. I can, how many more Netflix movies can I watch? It's like, it's like, it's coming up and it's surfacing and like every shadow of our being is, is coming out. And so what are some things that people could do right now to help move this energy and really shift this out of their experience? There's a really powerful, proven positive psychology intervention, which is called the forgiveness letter. And it's super simple. It's really easy to do. You just give yourself, say, 20 minutes. And some of this work, like, it's simple, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Like, we do these exercises at the retreats that we run, and I've done them for myself before. And it can bring up a level of letting go that you perhaps haven't experienced before. And the beauty of this type of work is that it allows you to release so much that you've been holding and just know that you you don't have to have it all figured out and just trust the process and allow it to do its thing. So you literally just take 20 minutes of quiet time and you write a letter of forgiveness to somebody that you perhaps have been in a conflict with or somebody that you have like that bitter or resentful feeling. It's a good indicator of a place and a space that forgiveness needs to happen. And you write this letter to, it can be somebody that's still here. It can be somebody that's already passed. 
can be someone that you're still in contact with, no longer in contact with. And it can also be to yourself. So a forgiveness letter that shares what it is that's affecting you, how you've been holding on to feelings or thoughts or experiences. Maybe it's snapshots of memories that you have and how that's actually been affecting you, how it's potentially affecting the other person that is involved. And you go through this process of writing and through writing, it allows you to really release it. It's best to be done with a um, like an actual pen and do it handwritten as well, because we've noticed that there's a connection between your brain and your body and actually writing as opposed to typing, but either one will work. And just give yourself the gift of that process and just allow whatever wants to come through, come through. And then at the end, I take a few deep breaths, close my eyes and just imagine like that experience or that person or the feelings of resentment and the grievances and the bitterness, like imagine that as you breathe out, imagine that leaving you. And it's a really peaceful, powerful practice that can allow you to let go of all that you've been holding and all that is toxic to you. And then afterwards, do you recommend burning it, saging it? What do you recommend to clear it? Do you, do I you... always, yeah, I love burning things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like setting, setting them off and doing some sort of ritual practice, if that mm-hmm. feels right for you. And just using that as like your sacred time, you can absolutely burn it. You can flush it down the toilet, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I love I love burning it. And then I burn the letter and then I bury it in my backyard to like return it to the earth. And then I wash my love hands that. with salt because it clears the energy from your physical. And so I've done quite a significant amount of forgiveness letters in my day and it never, ever ceases to amaze me how many more I could do. It's like, it's just such a great practice to continue. And and especially during this time, I think it's, it's really interesting where in other cultures around the world, we see that there's more of a desire for harmony and balance amongst community where forgiveness is much more accepted where in the States because of reality TV and we're even seeing in the media how much it perpetuates revenge, right? And when we're driven by revenge, we don't recognize that in that state of revenge, the only person, like you said, we're hurting is ourselves. And I think that right now, I'm curious how, what you're seeing with your clients but I think it's more important than ever that we come back to the harmony of community. And that doesn't mean look the other way or turn a blind eye, but it means recognizing that you're gifting someone so much positive and like the energy that you're giving to someone when you forgive them is just unbelievable. And it goes both ways. And even if you don't ever get it right back, like if you never get that apology, just forgiving someone is such a, such a gift that you can give someone else. So, so powerful. I, I, I tend to think about it as well. Like we have a limited capacity of time in our day. We have a limited capacity of like energy within our day. So why would you want to direct it in a place that makes you feel bad when that energy and that space can be used for something that enriches you and nourishes you and lifts you and puts you in the upward spiral instead of the downward spiral? So it's like, how can you stop the chain of pain in its tracks? and say, actually, I'm going to go to like this book, or I'm going to go to this intervention, or I'm going to do the thing that my friend suggested, or I heard on on the podcast. And I'm actually going to take a stand right now to shift the way that I think and feel so that I can be more productive, I can be more positive, I can enjoy my experience of this life. Because the fact is, you're never going to get this day back again. So why not just take even just a small step 
in a positive direction today. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in full agreement. And once you're in the flow of positivity, I think you, and I'm curious for you, how you think about this. I like have this bubble now where I'm like, okay, I'm in the flow. I'm in my positivity. That doesn't mean that I don't have days where I'm, I'm sad or I recognize the emotion, but because I've elevated myself to a different vibration of, of like wanting to be in that positivity more and more, I'm much more conscious of what I allow in my space. And I'm curious for you, setting boundaries and the sabotaging behavior that potentially maybe happened in the past. Do you have any recommendations for boundary setting? Because I feel like that's another thing where when I talk to women who are building businesses or wanting to become positive, right? Where they're like, I feel like I could be that positive person. I see you guys online and like, that's where I want to get to. But there's almost this pull from their other relationships, from their family, from from just the world in which they are currently present to that is, they're using as the excuse to hold them back, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You see it all of the time. So one of the, the things that always comes up within entrepreneurial communities, and I guess within any, within any community, is negative people and the impact of those conversations from people around you who potentially don't want to converse in in a way that's facilitative and constructive. And it's easy to say, well, just don't have those people in your life. But more often than not, those people might be people who you're forced to be with and might be someone that you need to sit next to at work or it might be a family member. And I have really, like, my family are awesome. Like, I love my parents. I love my brother. And it doesn't mean that they need to understand or agree with everything that I do. Like, they think I'm crazy. <laughs> They're literally like, they didn't want me to run a business. Like, they, not because they didn't want me to be successful, but because they're not entrepreneurial, they thought that it was scary and they thought it wasn't going to work. So I experience negativity just like many of our clients do, whether that's uh, about the, the work that they do or whether it's literally just things that come up in relationships. Like, I've noticed even, like, being at home all of the time, and like different conversations come up and you find yourself getting more irritable around things that you wouldn't necessarily ever even phase you. So all of us are learning and growing and positive psychology isn't about being positive all of the time. That's actually a very dangerous thing to try and do because if you're not feeling positive on the inside and you force yourself to appear positive on the outside, you can actually end up with a big space and a big disconnect within you when you feel like you're forcing yourself to show up every day and pretend to be something that you're not. So the important thing is not to put on this face to the rest of the world, but instead of pretending, actually go and do the work. Go and use these little tools. Go and take the 10 minutes in the morning or an hour if you want to, to actually practice the stuff so that you do start to shift and you do start to feel closer to your true self. You feel like naturally it's easier to focus on joy and feel good than to feel negative or join in with the gossipy conversation. So I got really good at changing conversations. So when somebody's gossiping about someone, just changing changing what we talk about and just limiting the time that you spend with people when you do have a choice and choosing how can you get into community more quickly and more powerfully and be surrounded by people who do have great uplifting, energizing, creative, idea-focused conversations. Comes back to that um, saying, like small minds talk about people, average minds talk about events, great minds talk about ideas. 
Uh-huh. So where can you find community that talks about ideas? Like get more of that. Like, and when it's like, when you talk, I always, I always think about when you talk about dieting, like I used to teach nutrition and fitness. And when I taught like dieting, I would always say like, focus on what you can add in rather than on what you're missing out on. And naturally, when you focus on what's good, and you just, you'll naturally notice that what's not so good will just naturally melt away. So we're taking like a strength-based approach here and we're looking at where are the good people in your life that you do enjoy being around that do help uplift you and how can you lean into those relationships some more? Yeah. And I think it's important. I'm just flashing back to some of our dinners and different group experiences and even with similar women and, and women that we know together. And we were on a mastermind, a somewhat mastermind call the other night. And we were just talking about what's happening with our businesses during this time and how we can support one another. And there were moments where some of us said, oh, this feels challenging to me. And then the rest of the group was like, okay, great. Well, how can we support you move, moving through it? We just didn't go down to the story of, wow, this sucks. So let's stay there for the next hour. It was like, okay, we're witnessing you in your emotion and your frustration and your pain and then we're here to support you getting out of it. Mm. And so it's not that we're like neglecting or saying like, oh, you can't be sad. You can absolutely be sad. A lot of our friends have those moments, right? We've had them in our businesses and we've experienced things where we're like, that just showed up for me today and that sucks and that feels really hard. <laughs> and like, I can't believe this is happening. And then we just say, okay, we're in it. We're going to let this emotion be and, and we're going to feel it. And then we're going to be around the people who are not going to validate it for many, many <laughs> days and weeks and months and just be in that energy with us. And that's what I find. And I'm curious for you, what, what you look for in terms of like the community around you. But for me, that's what I find has been the most valuable with our set of friends. Mm, I absolutely agree with that. I feel like it's non-judgment. And I feel like that's really beautiful. You feel like you can show up with something that, because it, it, it is hard to share when something's not going right. And you feel like you perhaps have to pretend that all is well but I feel like with our friendship group it's like you can bring something that feels uncomfortable or you can bring something that perhaps you like feel like ashamed over or something that's gone wrong and there's just no judgment and I think that's been like really beautiful for me to experience just having friendship where it's like okay awesome like I see that this is the way that it is and here's how I can support you like if you desire that I feel very very blessed I really really do and one of the things we see in post-psych and also in like trauma research and the research that I do around suicide is that talking does help and it sounds so basic that it's almost like well why she why does she even bother saying that that's so dumb but we forget the power of communication and being able to to voice the way that we feel. And I think that during this struggle that we've had going on globally recently, that's been something that's really beautiful and poignant that's come through. Because now it's not one person experiencing having been raped or one person having experienced being divorced or one person having a sick child. Now it's like a collective experience of change and chaos that we're all in a similar experience together and we can come together and find that place of unity, find that like openness of conversation and allow that to transition into other areas of our lives and other conversations after this is all all over and complete. Yeah. I have been reading a lot on even mentorship and how just being the mentor for one 
younger student, child, just makes such a massive impact on their life when they feel that they have one person to speak to. That's it. Just one person that they can go to and they're not going to be judged. And I think if we could all be that for someone else, like how the world would shift so radically, it would just be phenomenal if we could just say, I'm going to choose one younger person who's not in my family dynamic and I'm going to be there for that person. I think we would have a very, very different world. And so I am so appreciative of the work you're doing around that. And I'm really excited about your next book because I think it's going to be such a such a game changer. It's Right now, it's just such a issue. And I think it's it's definitely going to shift in the positive direction as this research continues to happen. I wanted to talk really quickly about your 12-month business and mindset group and kind of what you see around when women are looking to create businesses, looking to get into entrepreneurship, looking to shift from, like you said, like maybe potentially going going and doing the school and the degree and the and that, and that, and that there's anything wrong with that. But I think that's great. But they're doing the standard thing that their parents want them to do. Like your parents were nervous about the entrepreneurship. What is the mindset shifts that you see that are really holding them back? Like what is the sabotaging behavior? Is it that they grew up with parents that don't know about the entrepreneurial space or what seems to be the thing that shows up for them that you're helping them move through? Because you've helped support so many women in your mastermind create such massive phenomenal businesses worldwide that I'm like, what does Nick do to like help <laughs> them do this? Secret? Like what is what is the secret? Like what's the ingredient that you're gifting these women to really say, I can do this? Mm. I, I love that. Like, thank you. We, I mean, we have the strategy inside of the courses as well as the mindsets, but ultimately like my favorite thing that I see when these women graduate from the program after 12 months is, who they've become in the process. So yes, they've built a six or a seven figure or multiple seven figure business, but it's like, who did that woman actually step into being? And what was the attitude that she chose to make that happen? So I'm really big on attitude. I'm like, show the fuck up, like show up the way that you believe your future version of yourself would show up and do that right now from the start and make decisions from that place and space. And that will serve you well. I feel like the mindset, I mean, there's obviously every woman and every business is so different. And the money mindset piece does always come in at the start, especially if someone's not used to charging, for example, a high ticket price for a program, and then they they go to, to start to do that. So it's really examining like what comes up. And I feel like the entrepreneurial journey is a vehicle that allows women to find their personal power and find their joy. And really like iron out all of these creases that they've experienced within themselves and within their lives because there's nowhere to hide. Like mm-hmm. when you're an entrepreneur, you've got to go for it. Like I don't let people quit. I'm like, you're not quitting on yourself. So what are we going to do here? <laughs> what are we going to do here? How are we going to make it work? Because there's no option of turning back. So they do a lot of money mindset work. They Everyone gets a copy of the book. And we work together closely. So it can Mm -hmm. be anything from someone bringing something that's happened in a relationship and actually they maybe need to go and heal a past trauma for them to release a block that's holding them back. And we have partners that we work with to refer them to. Or it could be as simple as a mindset shift around actually you need to focus long-term rather than short-term here. 
And when you think about 10x in that goal that you've got right now and how you would do that, it makes it a lot easier to deal with the thing that you've got in front of you. Yeah, I love that. I think just recognizing whatever you're going into, that if you want to succeed in any area of your life, like you're going to have to heal. Like you're going to have to heal the parts of yourself that are showing up. I love that you referenced the entrepreneur thing because I'm I was like flashbacking to my journey as an entrepreneur and I'm like, holy fuck. I literally am like I'm like, yep. It's been like that thing that you cannot hide behind someone else's business. Yeah. You can't hide behind your emails. You can't hide you can't there's nothing you can hide behind. So every part of your subconscious mind is like expose a certain point and you have to like just go through that healing process. And that's what I think is so beautiful about entrepreneurship, but it doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, if you want to become this happy, successful, abundant, whatever that means to you, successful and abundant, um, thriving human, there's there, you have to heal. And that's why I wanted to read the part of your book. Can I read it really quick? (laughs) So this is like the letter you wrote to yourself, right? And in the beginning, it says, I am not who I am and where I am because it was easy. I am who I am and where I am because it was hard. For that, I have lived in gratitude. I took my difficulties and I ran with them. I cried. I felt scared. I released. I let go. I loved. I healed. And then I shone brighter than I ever before. And when I read that today, I was like getting chills because I was like, that's the truth of life. And there's absolutely like no denying that in order to step into this place of happiness, you just, you have to heal, have to heal. Mm. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. If people want to find more about you, sign up for your programs, get a copy of your book, where is the best place for them to just reach out and connect with you and learn about all the amazingness that you are up to? So I love chatting with everyone on Instagram. So I'm at Nick Pidge on Instagram. And then you can get a copy of Now Is Your Chance from um, Amazon and from our website. So nickpigeon.com and then it's on Amazon as well. It's like the little Bible for happiness. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to read. It's really easy to read. I really love just picking it up and getting all your, your takeaways and your exercises. And it, it's very applicable specifically right now. So definitely grab it. And um, I trust that it is going to serve you well during this time. Thank you for being here. I love you so much. I'm so appreciative of you. I love you. Thank you for having me. All right, before we dive into the action steps for this week, I wanted to let you know that Nick so generously offered to give away five free books. If you love this episode, all you have to do is share this podcast and follow us on the gram, and we will be randomly choosing five winners from those that share. This giveaway will run for two weeks after this episode air date. And now to recap and empower you this week to take some actionable steps. So in my personal life, looking back, I am so thankful for the hardships and the heartaches and the uphill battles. They all brought me to this moment. They taught me to be the person that I ultimately knew I wanted to become and leave the old version of myself behind. The hardships forced me to leave behind a narrative that I based my entire existence around. And the moment that I allowed myself to think differently, the world opened up and opportunities started flooding in. So if you are ready to shift today, ask yourself, why am I allowing myself while on this beautiful planet to hold on to the illusion of comfort over evolving into who I want to become? Why am I trading up pleasure, happiness, and joy for settling? 
And for this week, remember that the best moment to break free from the habit is right before you make it. The moment most of us don't allow ourselves to take, to take a moment to shift out of autopilot and take a sacred pause. When you slow down and stop existing on autopilot, you create a gap between this moment and the next so that you can see how your habits will play out. For example, what if you took a giant step back before choosing your next meal or deciding how to even spend your Friday night? With space to feel and acknowledge the consequences of how you want to feel after you make that choice, it is easier to pivot and make the healthier choice, the choice that is going to upgrade and empower your life moving forward. As you move into this week, be compassionate with yourself and remember that each time you choose a new habit, it becomes easier and easier to make that way of being your new normal. Additionally, when struggles present themselves, don't fret or run away or avoid. Face this time with the understanding that everything is temporary and you have the ability to overcome anything. When facing hardship, bring in the awareness component. The idea that if you don't want your past or your present to be your future, then you have to consciously make new changes. When we do this, incredible things happen. We land dream jobs, we create meaningful relationships, and we hold space to heal and connect deeper to ourselves. Whatever tools you find to be the most helpful, use them, rely on them to support your conscious growth moving forward. And of course, I highly, highly, highly recommend Nick's book, Now Is Your Chance, which offers many exercises to support you throughout this process. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was a conversation I believe we can all benefit from. Drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts and let me know what's been resonating. What do you want to hear more of? How can I support you in becoming happier and healthier? You can always find me on the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. And until next time, I'm sending you a virtual, virtual hug, massive, massive, massive amounts of love through the screen. And again, I trust that you will have a beautiful, healthy, happy week ahead. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.